everybody, hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Golf Guide Podcast. Uh, today I'm going to be running part two of my interview with Andy Johnson of the Fried Egg. Uh, cover a lot of good stuff in this episode, including his trip to Northwood, uh, you know, some stuff with Mrs. Fried Egg, uh, mainly some news about current golf developments uh, going on in the United States, and then we cover a variety of other topics at the end of the podcast. Uh, but instead of, you know, taking you out in the middle of my interview, I am going to get our quick little sponsorships out of the way right now so we don't have to interrupt you once I get talking to Andy, uh, which leads me to let you know that today's episode is sponsored by Health IQ, a life insurance agency. You've heard me the last couple of weeks. You know, I'm, I don't know what else to tell you that you may not have heard already, but here's, here's the deal. If you're a healthy person, you should be able to get lower rates on your life insurance because there's a far more unlikely chance that you are going to croak from being obese and unhealthy. All right? So I don't know if you know this, but between I think it's like 56% of Health IQ customers save between 4 and 33% on their life insurance. So, if you're a healthy healthy person and you need some life insurance, I encourage you to go to healthiq.com/golfguide or mention the promo code golfguide when you talk to a Health IQ agent. If you don't have life insurance, help yourself and help out the podcast. Every time somebody goes to healthiq.com forward slash golf guide to get a quote we get a little something from health iq and you get to help yourself out by not being the asshole that doesn't have life insurance and leaves his you know leaves his loved ones you know out to dry if something should happen to you so one more time to see if you qualify for your free life insurance quote go to healthiq.com forward slash golf guide or mention the promo code golf guide when you talk to a health iq agent and then of course every episode is always presented by golfguide.net. All right, let's do it, everybody. Part two of the podcast with Andy Johnson of the Fried Egg. Enjoy. course that I was most interested to hear your feedback on from your West Coast trip, uh, and that obviously is Northwood. We talked about it in our podcast last year. You know, we briefly uh, discussed it when I saw you at the Architecture Summit in San Francisco, uh, or I guess Architecture Panel, I, I guess if you will, is, is what it was back mm -hmm. at uh, State Apparel. Um, I mean, obviously, the course has a lot of untapped potential, and when I went out there and walked it with uh, with Brett Hochstein a couple weeks ago, I always noticed that there was a couple spots that where they had, you know, let old bunkers get fill and they were essentially grass bunkers. But I noticed so many more of them with Brett out there kind of pointing them out. And uh, I, I just found it to be fascinating. It got me really thinking about what could be. But I also, there was a little part of me that was like, you know, but it's so good the way that it is. I know that it could be better. And I, you know, certainly if they had the option of redoing it, I would certainly want to have some of those bunkers restored. But as it is in its current condition, uh, what, what were some of your, your, your biggest takeaways? I mean, it's just a really cool place to get to play golf. Like I'm not, I'm, I'm from the Midwest, so I don't go see redwood trees every day and like playing golf in 200, 200 year old, 200 foot redwood trees is pretty cool. Oh, absolutely. Uh, maybe even bigger than 200 feet. They're probably like a hundred yards tall. <laughs> There's some big boys out there. Yeah. And, uh, I think one of the crazy things is like, I, so 
Zach and I played with like a hickory driver, which I thought was like the way to play out there because mm-hmm. like it's obviously very short and yeah, like you don't need a lot of distance out there. No, but it, it is so much fun. And I actually think that like the fairways look really narrow. I don't think they're that narrow. I think the trees, the scale, the size of the trees make the fairways look so small. Like I, one of my favorite photos I took of the place is looking back down like the second fairway. And I love it because like they were cutting down some trees, which was unbelievable that they were pulling that off. But yeah, the, uh, there's like a giant, there's a semi truck in the photo and like you can see the semi truck looks like a toy truck next to these trees. (laughs) This is how big these trees are. And then we had this just unbelievable like fog and it was just a cool experience. Um, like, like what you said, you, there's so much potential there. I think like, I think these are the types of places like something that bugs me is like this destination golf and everybody's like, Oh, we just, you have to throw all this money into this, this golf course. Cause it's, you know, in the Sandy site and it's going to cost like people $400 to go play and you have to stay. It's like, that kind of golf like kind of bugs me um, in the sense because like there there's places like Northwood that with like a million dollars Northwood would be one of the 10 to 15 coolest places for somebody to go play golf in America totally. and to be open to the public and it would be affordable and um, you know you get there aren't many golf courses that were designed by Alistair McKenzie that are are relatively untouched I know like the third green had to move and they've got some houses. So three and four are slightly different, but for yeah. the most part, the original design is all there. The bunkers are there. You can see where you just have to fill it in. And, and I mean, it's, it's just such a cool place. Like, I mean, my dream would be to like have money and buy that place and turn it into like a, I mean, as bad as it sounds like in a, a small club where you're mandatory to play like mandatory use of like hickories or a reduced distance ball. And that place would be the most one of the most fun places to play in the world. Oh man, I, I cannot agree with you more. I mean, obviously, you, you certainly don't want to make a course like that more exclusive because it's part of what part of its charm. At least you know I've always thought is that you just get people from all walks of life out there. I mean, in at least in the North Bay and Sonoma County, uh, Guerneville and Monterio, out where it's located, you know, it's it's kind of a outlet for people who are really out there. You know, like. Pe- West Sonoma County is a place where you can really go be yourself, and you are not going to get a lot of judgment. Uh, you can kind of just do your thing. It's, it's a place to just go be you, and you know because of that, you get some really odd characters out there. And I don't know if there's a better representation of that than walking into that unbelievably fantastic bar at Northwoods where you just sit down you know, next to who knows who. You grab yourself a cocktail before you head on the golf course. I mean, just the convergence of different lives that you could fall on that golf course i do think adds to the charm but i'm with you man if you could restore some of those bunkers out there it would be phenomenal i guess the question is in a restoration how much of how many of the trees do you cut down because that, that's one thing that you and i talked about previously is that i've always contended that a lot of those trees especially on number like six for instance i'm sure that you saw when you walk it's the one where you're hitting out of the little shoot right that short dog leg uh right you know short par four where it looked like there used to be a lot of bunkers on the short side of the fairway kind of lying it up along with some centerline bunkers in the fairway out there. But because those are gone, those trees that kind of hug the right side as you're hitting out of the chute, I, I, I've always, I, I never realized that those trees may have not been there when he first built it. 
But I feel like those trees also kind of serve a similar purpose to those short side fairway bunkers. If you were going to restore Northwood, how much work would you do in terms of tree removal and, and some other stuff like that? Um, I, I mean, that's like one of the few places where you play and you, you come away. Like, I mean, I'm, I, as anybody that follows me, it's like, yeah, nobody knows you love width, you love playability, but this, this course is all the antithesis of that, but it's still good. That's why I'm so curious. It's, it's funny. Cause like, it's one of the places like you walk away. Like I walked away with a greater appreciation for trees when I was there. Um, that being said, like a lot of them need to go just because like it makes it really hard to grow grass. Mm-hmm. Not, not a lot. I mean, like you just need to take down some of them. Um, because it's like almost impossible to grow grass with with those trees. Yes. I mean, it's impressive how good of shape it is. I know, in. man. It just gets no sunlight, and it's just crazy they can grow it and what it is. And uh, on a little side note, before we go on from Northwood, I I did listen to your podcast with uh, with Sean uh, when you and Zach uh, were down at Meadow Club, and he had mentioned something about Northwood. So I just wanted to give you a little background. It was in fact built or uh, commissioned to be built by the Bohemian Grove, kind of that social elite club that a lot of you know ex-presidents and you know major leaders of industry real skull and bones type uh, society uh that owns like 2800 acres right on the other side of the river and they commissioned mckenzie to come out and build it i believe they may have tapped him when he was at cyprus because it was the course that was built directly after uh cyprus was built um but after having some conversations with Vern, who's been the head golf professional there for a long long time he has confirmed that at the bohemian grove they have all of the original hand-drawn McKenzie uh, topo maps for when the golf course was first built. And there have been people that have tried to throw tens of thousands of dollars at the Bohemian Grove to get their hands on those, and they absolutely will not show them to anybody. That made me very, very upset. How, how does that make you feel? Uh, I mean, it's just kind of selfish. Yeah. But whatever. I mean, it's there. They're there. They're, they're, so. they're there somewhere. Yeah, I mean, it's uh and they're there, so it's it is what it is. There's not I mean, the uh that's a that's a crazy little spot up there. Oh. The Monterio and man, that was it Gurnville. It's it's a it's a interesting it's an eclectic little community. Well said. and uh finding finding a hotel there at like eight PM in, in the winter is kinda hard. Not gonna lie. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, so it's a, you, was the course at least kind of dry when you were there. I don't know what the the rain situation was like. Uh, it was, when, yeah, it was like seventy and sunny for like the entire time we were there. We caught like unbelievable weather. But I mean, it was just it was wet from like the fog. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's that's very true. I, I think I was out there the week before, and it started raining right after uh, I'd finished playing. But it only rained for maybe a day. So I was just hoping that. One day of rain wouldn't keep the course wet for a full week. So I was, I was hoping you guys got to play it in at least some some okay conditions out there. Yeah, yeah, it was it was good. Awesome. Yeah, okay, let, let's just get into a couple things that I really wanted to hit with you before uh, we get going. Um, oh, a side note. I, I know you did something last year very similar to what I'm about to do in the coming months, and that is, you know, t- take the marital plunge. I think some of us are curious out there. What does Mrs. Fried Egg think of all your new travel plans and and your on the road, uh, just being on the road all the time? Oh, Mrs. Fried Egg. Mrs. She Fried just Egg joined uh, Twitter. She's been uh, uh-huh. she's throwing shots at uh, shots at me on uh, on Twitter. <laughs> but Mrs. Fried Egg's good. She's uh, 
She's Mrs. Fried Egg's actually a, a journalism major from Missouri. Oh, awesome. So, um, she actually just uh, quit her job, and we're going. And she's got you know some freelance gigs, and uh, she's going to do some some help with uh, with for me doing stuff like shipping fulfillment, <laughs> that, <laughs> which I hate. That's it. No, um, that is awesome. Is but she, uh, is she a golfer? No, 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 no. No, she's not a golfer. She get, she provides much needed balance in my life. Okay, good. So, <laughs> so um, yeah, we're she's gonna travel uh, a lot with me. She's got her own blog uh, set up, and it's not quite live yet. But so we're gonna we're gonna be we're gonna be on the road a lot together. So it'll be it'll be great. I mean, it's uh, I it's really nice. Uh, she's she helps a ton. I mean, like. I wouldn't be able to have done what I've done without her because, like, I was really a bad writer when I started. <laughs> well, I mean, that, that, that's, you know, in the words of the dude, that's just, like, you know, your opinion, man. <laughs> but anyway, I, I think it's great, and that's very, very cool to hear that she's going to be on the road with you. That, uh, that, that is very, very exciting. So, all right, on to the, uh, the next uh, couple things here for you. Um, I, guess, I guess we'll just jump right into the, uh, the main thing that I want to talk to you about, and that is, like, golf course development. So... Uh, as a lot of people know, I mean, obviously since uh, 2008, 2009, uh, golf course development has slowed considerably. I mean, they think there's about six times as many golf courses nationwide closing every year as there are opening up. Um, so whenever a new golf course development project does come along, it's a really, really big deal. I mean, I can't imagine trying to do your job, Andy, you know, 10 or 15 years ago when there may have been, you know, several dozen golf development projects all happening at the same time and how you could follow all those granted you know in hindsight a lot of them probably weren't worth uh, following <laughs> so but uh that, that being said obviously over the last dozen to 15 years there's just been some amazing uh infrastructure golf development projects that have put together you know starting with bandon i mean it, you could just go on the kaiser tree you know the bandon sand valley cabot but there's been a lot of other uh, interesting projects as well and in 2018 uh, there's a couple still on the table, one of which you've written about extensively. So I kind of just wanted to pick your brain a little bit about the development side of building golf courses and designing golf courses and kind of get your two cents. Um, and, and so the first one, and I'll, I'm going to let you actually share a lot of the details with everybody because you've written about it. Uh, you put a great piece together on the fried egg uh, about this project going on in Boca Raton, Florida. So do you mind sharing uh, with the listeners uh, just kind of a brief overview of what's going on down there and kind of what's at stake? Yeah, it's uh, it's funny. My my a buddy of mine who lives in the area, like he he just texted me one night, like, "Hey, have you heard about this Boca Boca National deal?" Hmm. And I was like, "What what what's going on?" And like he knew that was all that he needed to do for me to get like triggered yeah. as soon as I started reading about this. So Andy Johnson, I easily triggered. Yeah, well, you just got another right. <laughs> right button push. Um <laughs> uh, so like, you know, sure enough, like you know, I did a bunch of research and like, you know, forty eight hours later there's an article about it on the site. But um and you know, everything I wanted to get done I didn't do. Um the uh so they sold like their old municipal course um for like sixty seven million dollars, I think it was the number. Mm-hmm. And they then got um they took that money and they bought this place and and uh that was a golf course it's like 27 hole course with residential just like kind of a nothing golf course and now 
they're going to invest like $18 million into building 27 holes. And that place, like, you know, you start to read about it and you read like the quotes from the guy running the project and you're like, wait, wait a second. Is this, are we back to like 1985 right now? Like, like, you know, I can't believe that all of these big name firms like Jack Nicholas and Greg Norman are interested in this project. It's like, well, of course they are. You're spending $18 million. There aren't many of these projects around anymore. And it's just alarming. I mean, you, you read about what the, what the guy running the project wants is championship golf and, you know, 27 holes of it on a small site with residential and, you know, immediately, you start to think, oh, well, you're going to end up with a typical South Florida golf course with houses on the left, water on the right, and a overly difficult design when this should be a municipal golf course where it's very family-friendly, kid-friendly, fun to play. And I think that, you know, the parallel and what I really think the future of golf architecture should be be especially with municipal development is around affordable you know accessible easy for beginners and and all you have to do is look up the road to orlando where there's like winter park nine Mm -hmm. they took a really dilapidated golf course that no ground movement i mean dead flat property roads bisecting it small property it made just like an insanely fun place to play golf like par is so irrelevant out there they're 240 yard par fours but you know it's wall-to-wall fairway the green complexes are extremely interesting so like as a good player you still have fun because the greens are so good and it's like that that they did that under budget they built a putting course and now that place is packed all the time Mm -hmm. Um, and you look at the road that boca national is heading down as of late i i most recently heard they're interviewing all 15 firms that they, um, they, uh, that they got bids from, which is a tremendous waste of money. <laughs> but, you know, as David Kidd told me, you know, for the article, like the, the smartest thing they can do is hire the, uh, cheapest option and like, they won't know it now, but like, that's the, that's the, the best piece of advice you could give them is just hire whoever's the cheapest. That's, um, that's the, that is the quote that stood out most to me. When I, when I was reading yeah. your article, I, I thought that was fascinating. They've got a few young guys in that, in that bid. And it's like, you know, like if you hire Greg Norman for that job, like it's a big deal for the community. One of the things I've learned about like development is like the finality of design. Design is pretty depressing. Like once they spend the $18 million, like there's no more money. So if you don't do it right this time, like it's going to be messed up forever. Um, it's kind of depressing because like when you see a project that like they spend a heap load of money and then the community gets just like a shit product for what they spend, it's like that, that shouldn't happen. But what it is, is you've got uninformed people making the buying decisions that of millions of dollars. And like, I don't want to rag on this guy, but like, he doesn't really know what he's doing. He's, he's more starstruck at the appeal of like getting to meet Jack Nicholas or, or Greg Norman um, than actually providing a great product and a great golf course for their community. Sure. Uh, and I think, you know, like if you look at like, what does a project mean to 
you know, Greg Norman, who's designed like 300 golf courses around the country. What does this project in Boca Raton mean to him? Like he's won major change. You know, he was the number one player in the world. It means a lot um, of dollar signs. Yeah, but it doesn't mean anything really to him. If you hire a young guy like Winter Park did, like that project means the world to him. And in, in a way, that project means to a young architect more to the community than the golf course means to the community. And that's when you get the best work out of somebody is when they know, hey, I have to do a great job on this or else like I probably this is the, my chance to like make my career. Um, and they're going to pour, pour their heart and soul into it rather than, you know, it, there's there's dozens of Jack Nicklaus and Greg Norman golf courses in South Florida. It seems like it's the, the mecca <laughs> of, uh, of the signature era. Yeah, of design. Florida is just yeah. a hotbed. And I don't I don't want to rag on those guys, but like there's a lot of there's a lot of names that are names of yesteryear and not enough names of of uh of the future and if those guys did it do it right and and it would be probably the best place to play in South Florida, but that's chance we'll see what happens. Yeah, man. That that is it it's kind of like you were talking about before. The potential there seems to be so great and that if it doesn't, you know, and especially it's not very often that you have potential matched with resources. Usually one of those two things are missing. And the fact that they have both, um, you know, that their margin for error is very, very small. They, they've got to knock this one out of the park. And I, and I really hope they do. Um, the, of the guys who have thrown their name in the hat, uh, that some of that you referenced, is there any that you'd like to see? Uh, you know, possibly like who are some of the guys that you'd like to see get a shot at, at, at designing that thing? Um, especially maybe well, guys that you've talked to on the podcast. I, I don't think it's really fair for me to, you know, judge like you'd have to see what each of their plans are mm. and, it, and it would have to be based off of, you know, who's planned that fit what the community and what, you know, fit the, the need of the project the most. Like, I think that's where my opinion and, and the opinion of the committee making the decision differ the most is like sure. what that golf course should be. So it's, it, it's not really, you know, you'd have to sit and down and look at each plan and figure out, Hey, like this is the one that, that makes the most sense. Yeah. So it, you know, it, it could, it, it could be, it, it could be Greg Norman, but I doubt it would be. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, I guess uh, that, that, uh, before I go to the other development, I want to talk to you about, I find the whole um, situation about Winter Park 9 to be fascinating because never in my entire life did I think that a small... I mean, is it considered an executive course or would you? is it considered like a regulation length and just in terms of has par 3s, par 4s, and par 5s on it? Yeah, it's got par 3s, par 4s, par 5s. Okay, so it's, it's a regulation 9-hole course, but I'm, the Winter Park 9 has gotten more uh, publicity and media coverage than perhaps any other 9-hole course in history. And... It's it seems like it's getting all this media pub for all of the right reasons, um, and and like you said, they have wall to wall fairways. What what are some of the things that the Winter Park Nine does? If you had to just isolate it down to one or two things that you, any single golf course doing a renovation or restoration that's a muni, you say make sure you get this done. This works, and w on top of that, because there are so few developments going on, if you do it right there's a very good chance that your little muni golf course is going to get national exposure, which never was the case before. It, exactly. I, I would say the thing that does so well is it's fun. It's easy. Like it's, it's super easy to go out there and play. It's cheap. 
It's uh, you can use a putter. You could play that golf course with a putter. That's awesome. <laughs> so, like, when you think about somebody beginning and and trying to play golf for the for the early points in their golfing existence, they duff the ball a lot. So, like, if you can play a golf course with a putter, it's a good place to take a beginner. That's that's a really really good point. Um, well, that's fantastic. So let's let's jump into the second golf course development I wanted to bring up with you, and this one. You know, maybe a little closer to you, certainly uh, physically and geographically is closer to you. And that is the new development that has been reported about on several fronts uh, with the Chicago Parks Alliance as they're looking to build a brand new 18-hole Tiger Woods design golf course right in downtown Chicago. Um, Andy, I I want all of your thoughts. Uh, Just, you know, if you could at least share a couple of the details about the project with everybody. And then, you know, maybe some of your thoughts on the project and how things are going so far. Um, yeah. So this is, uh, it's about, this is your backyard. Yeah. It's about 40 blocks south of me. I can actually like from my apartment, see the tip of, uh, of the golf course. That's awesome. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, the Chicago parks golf courses sit on like incredible land. Um, for the most part, mm-hmm. there's Sydney Maravitz, which isn't being redone, but that's a nine holer in Lincoln Park, which is like the yuppie neighborhood of Chicago that I used to I used to play that course a lot of times before I went to, to work. Like the only time to play is at like 530 in the morning and because otherwise it's going to take you like three hours. Um, but it's beautiful. The sun will come up. South Shore used to be a country club on the south side. It used to be a really and this is so they're taking Jackson Park and South Shore and turning it 27 holes into 18 championship holes. Mm-hmm. Um, South Shore is like right on Lake Michigan, has skyline views. Um, used to be a country club, so they this old clubhouse is still there. It's now a cultural center. Um, and then uh, Jackson Park is one of the oldest golf courses in America. It's a super cool place to go. Um, just from the sense of like it's so old it's not in good shape all of the courses in the chicago park district holding are uh overgrown and much needed facelift like stage like all of them need work so um this project kind of came about and uh you know you heard about it and it's exciting like it's you know the idea of having like a great golf course is cool but on the same token is is like it goes back to the winter park discussion is it the right thing for the community now like from like a demographic sense like the allure of tiger woods is really important for the for the community and it has spurred a lot of excitement in the area like caddy program they already have a caddy program there going which is awesome you know and it's employing youth from the area a lot of the schools in that area have, you know, started golf teams since the announcement, which is, I mean, it's a lot of uh, excitement. And I think that is a, you know, the allure of competitive golf and, you know, having pro tournaments and having Tiger Woods as the designer from like a mainstream public appeal helps a lot, if that makes sense. Um, so the, the project is going to cost like $30 million to build, which is a lot of money. It's a, it's um, a good amount of scratch. 
Yeah, it comes with the Obama uh, library, the mm-hmm. presidential library. It's like right down there, right by it. So they're going to get like a bunch of fill from there and it'll help them, you know, build and do, you know, the project with like add some elevation, some interest to the sites. But then like it came out that like to connect the properties, like there there's roads in between them. They have to build a $30 million connector. So all of a sudden now you're looking at like $60 million bill to build this golf course and chase championship golf and I don't I don't necessarily from my philosophy believe chasing championship golf is is a good business decision. Um now the design plans like it looks like it's going to be a really like fun golf course to play having played Blue Jack like Tiger seems to embrace like width and and making it really fun for beginners um so like the design does that, but then I keep coming back to like the final bill, and that's where my kind of conflict is. It's like sixty million dollars, like the city A is like not in like the best financial shape. A lot of the money will come from private donors and private investment. So that you know that's lessening it. But then you think about like, all right, if you spent you know, I think Winter Park spent one point two million. Let's just say you spent five million on each site, and you turned. South Shore into a really cool like five hole place that's super kid friendly. And you turn Jackson Park into like a thirteen hole course. You know, and each of them have their own role. They you can go there and play a quick five five four holes. You can go to Jackson Park and play thirteen holes, but they're like super fun, affordable, and you know you spend ten million dollars instead of sixty million. And then you take fifty million and, and dump that money into, you know, social programs for the area and and programs like the first tee. Like, what are you? Get, what's going to bring more return on investment? Mm, I don't know, man. The, those hotel rooms they're going to sell when the BMW comes to town. That's 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 a serious economic boost, is it not? Yeah, and yeah. it's like I, I live right by McCormick Place, and like they'll they'll get every they'll get the spend of every single. Um, you know, corporate bank account that's looking to play business golf. Like yeah. McCormick Place at the convention center, it's, it's 40 blocks. Like there's there's positive on both sides. Like, and that's like, I, I it's it's one of the more conflicting projects in golf is is because I can, I can argue either side. Yeah, yeah. And well, okay, either way you, you come out, there's positives and negatives with it. And having like the allure of championship golf Will certainly, you know, people will fly to Chicago to play a Tiger Woods design. Like not every, like a lot of golf course architecture nerds would would scoff at that idea. But like, Torrey Pines tee sheet is packed every single weekend because mm-hmm. you can go play it. And I mean, they're gonna have like they're gonna do kids play for free under seventeen Chicago residents, and they're gonna have for Chicago residents. I think the green fees will be fifty bucks. So. Like they're they're taking a model where like they're gonna gouge the out of towners mm-hmm. and they're gonna make um you know they're gonna they're it's gonna be a really affordable and accessible place for for residents to play so there's i mean there are positives on both sides i I can't really figure out where I'm at on on where i stand i'm i'm gonna stay neutral it's i'm like i'm taking the stance <laughs> of uh, the m b a draft oh that's that's not about so is Obviously, I'm not too familiar with the site outside of what I've read on, uh, you know, some articles. But is the the top site the the larger of the two? 
it just sounds like it's just not big enough to actually fit 18 holes in there where you could theoretically have a you know a championship length golf course just on that one property you would need both to be able to get that done yeah they have 18 holes on that property now and it's like it's like 5600 yards got it okay so they they have to have the other piece to make it 18 holes and i mean the other piece is the one where you'll have like the dramatic waterfront holes which will be i mean it, i wrote an article about it when it came out but it could be some really really cool golf holes or i mean unbelievable place to watch like a championship golf coming down the stretch i mean the, it's going to be some of the closing holes with like the sun going down and the lake and the skyline like very cool yeah yeah, with that skyline, it's going to be pretty fantastic. Well, I am very excited to see where that goes. It, it sounds to me like you are, you know, you, you could argue one way or the other, uh, but maybe you might be leaning towards something a little more community-friendly and not so championship-based if I had to put you on the spot. Um, I don't know. This like is your I hometown. Said, it's got to be extra tough. Yeah, it's uh, there, there are pluses and minuses on both sides. It's uh, the it's a 60 million dollar price tag it's just it's i i just have to believe that that is uh there's there's just a lot of that's a lot of money the 30 million dollars to connect the two spots that that's the one that kind of like that must be a really really nice tunnel or a really really spectacular bridge i I don't know which one it would be but that that seems crazy we're we're dealing with the the city of chicago too so (laughs) that's well, all cities are somewhat alike. It sounds like. Yeah, one of the one of the things you just uh, it, it, the having the city of Chicago involved is a, is like a uh, instant like negator of 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 optimism. Mm. Uh, that's great. All right, man. Let, let's uh, let's start to put a wrap on this thing. I got a couple of speed round questions for you, and then just because you are my guest, I've never done this before, but in an attempt to get more people. To start listening to the Fried Egg Podcast, I've got three overrated or underrated for you at the very end. Does that, does that sound good to you? <laughs> Sounds good, okay. yeah. All right, a couple, couple speed rounds for you. Um, obviously, you've been doing the Yoke with Doke, a really fantastic podcast series with Tom Doke um, that I would encourage everybody listening to this podcast to go listen to if they haven't already. Uh, first speed round question, how's Tom's golf game? Uh, he's like a... I'm not sure what his handicap is. He's probably like a 12. 12? Oh, okay. 12. 12 he's, is... he's got a really unbelievable short game. I, I would hope so. With some of those greens that he builds, he better have a spectacular short game. <laughs> he, hits, he hits some chip shots like where I, 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 I've only played once with him. But like I, I was like, whoa. I didn't even see that shot. And he hits like this little like six iron bump and run from like somewhere I'd just immediately pull a lob wedge and he hits it up to like two inches. Like. <laughs> So, he's crafty. Yeah, uh, around the greens, unbelievable. Oh, amazing. All right, second speed round question. It kind of follows the same thing because if, if Tom's a twelve, and this is a question I asked uh, Brett Hawkstein when we talked a couple weeks ago, and that is, at what skill level do you think golfers start to genuinely appreciate quality architecture? Because obviously, you know, to appreciate it, you got to know your different spots, you got to see the strategy, you want to hit to a certain spot. But there's, you know, golfers, and especially the ones that are bad. I mean, they might know it, but they can't hit it to certain spots. They just don't have the skills. So where do you think that sweet spot is in terms of ability level where golfers start to genuinely appreciate it and can actually sort of implement some of the strategic elements of a round into their own game? Well, I think it, if you just let go of score and start to like just think, 
when you're out there mm-hmm. rather than like worry about what you're sh- what you're going to make on a hole it helps i think like being a good player helps it's easier to think back than it is to think forward mm-hmm. but that being said, like if you just like what I think about a lot of times when I'm playing is like I think about like how my dad would play a golf course because he's like a 16 handicap. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think about like my buddies. So like I spend a lot of time thinking backwards. But if you're a 22, thinking forwards is really just, uh, you know, think about like, hey, where where would uh, Jordan Spieth hit this ball? Mm-hmm. Like because he hits about 300 yards like What's in there? Is there is there an interesting angle? Like, look at the hazards. Like, okay, if I play it up against the edge of this bunker, what do I? What advantage do I get? You know, that's a really good way to play to look at strategy. I saw, who was it? Job Fickett on Twitter was comparing golf course architecture to skiing last night, which mm-hmm. I found pretty fascinating. Like the downhill skiing, like taking the hard cut in the inside of a curve is more risky, but it, it yields a better approach if you pull it off, just like golf course architecture. Interesting. Oh, that's, no, that, that's a great comparison. I think that's fantastic. Um, okay. No, no, that, understood. Uh, noted. Uh, next, uh, rapid fire question for you, Andy, are there any architects from the signature era whose courses you secretly kind of enjoy? You could say no, but I mean, it, like for me personally, like I, I, I'm a little biased, and I'll just give you some context. Like I caddied at a Jack Nicklaus course for my last three years of high school and the first two summers that I was away in college, and I don't love Jack Nicklaus courses, but I love that particular golf course that I caddied at, and so yeah, I kind of have a little bit of a soft spot, even though I'm my handicap's probably six strokes away from being able to competently go around a Jack Nicklaus course. I do have a little, little bit of a soft spot for for the Golden Bears designs. It, is there anything that maybe be kind of similar for you? Well, I I don't think he's like a signature. I love Pete Dye courses. Yes. Okay. That, that, Everybody hate a lot of people hate Pete Dye courses, but it's got like one of the things he was really good at was the strategy component of it. Mm-hmm. Like where it's really clear if you play along the risky line, you gain advantage of angle and in a lot of times angle and distance. So. You know, he's the ultimate, like, where he just plays with, with the ego of a good player. Like, and he constantly asks you to take take on the hazard and try and pull off the shot. And when you do it, like, you've got, like, kicking birdies. And, it, and you can really go low. But, like, once you miss a little bit, he, he just kills you. And, you know, a lot of times these golf courses are just a little too difficult for the regular player, which is why I think he gets the uh, bad rap he is. But... From a strategic sense, like Pete Dye courses are are just phenomenal to play. Yes, I, I would agree with that. It, it kind of stinks. We don't actually have that many Pete Dye golf courses uh, in the San Francisco Bay Area. I mean, in Monterey, I guess Carmel Valley Ranch is the only Pete Dye design down in the Monterey area, but there's not a whole lot here. I, the last time I got to go play Pete Dye courses was uh, out in Vegas. If you ever get a chance to go to that Paiute golf resort where they got three Pete Dye 18 hole courses, it is pretty awesome. And uh, so I, I enjoyed that one out there as well. Um, Okay. Let's, what's that? I haven't ever golfed in Vegas. Vegas golf, slightly overrated, which <laughs> they're, they're, look at that segue. That's perfect. All right. A couple overrated, underrated for you. A staple of the Friday podcast, 
But yeah. because we have the host himself here, we get to turn the tables on him real quickly. All right, my man. I don't like that. All right, let's let, let's do this for you. Okay, you may have already given me your answer, but overrated, underrated, Northwood. Oh, so underrated. Okay. Yes, very, very good. Um, overrated, underrated, new golf equipment. Oh, way, way overrated. <laughs> I, I I'm had, like, go ahead. I'm, I'm sorry. like golf bum. I like uh, I don't know. I play the same. I I get fit for clubs and then I just forget about them until like they become like a glaring problem. But like, for the most part, like I you know spend your money elsewhere. Yeah, but, like, like on golf. It's it, as long as you don't have like horrible clubs, like it's more about your golf swing. Like I do advise getting fit for anybody that like wants to be like wants to play a lot of golf. Mm-hmm. Is like getting fit's the most important. Getting fit and figuring out what what clubs get you the best performance. But I mean, I played with a hickory driver a lot in Northern California, and that was like a revelation. Like, frankly, I like want to start to hit a hickory driver. Majority of the time, I play golf. That that is amazing. Just I guess as a quick aside. Uh, it, you know, since you are a, as a self-proclaimed guy that doesn't care all that much about new equipment, what's uh, what's in your bag right now? Um, I've got I got Callaway Apex Pros that are probably like five years old. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got I've got a Cal. My buddy Vince, who plays on the the Web Tour, has given me hand me down club driver and three wood. So they're his old driver and three wood it's like um great big bertha, bertha alpha and then the eight or the x hot four wood okay and then i've got like a titleist driving iron and then i've got like wilson wedges i mean i've got like a total hodgepodge bag that is amazing i'm so happy to hear there is another passionate you know golfer hosting a podcast who also has a hand-me-down driver from one of his buddies you, you andy you and me are two peas in a pod <laughs> that is that is awesome all right next <laughs> overrated underrated for you my friend this is one actually that i ask simply out of not knowing because we just don't have any of his golf courses in our neck of the woods donald ross golf courses overrated or underrated um and that's tough because they're he's so prolific there's some all i mean obviously pinehurst is, is fantastic but there's so many of them that you, a lot of them you don't get a lot of pub for so as somebody who's seen it, a lot of them depends, knows a lot like it, it depends on if they've been like ruined mm. you know like if it if they've been worked on and they still say it's a donald ross and like it's been renovated by some schmuck in the 80s like that's not a donald ross course anymore but like a real donald like Don Ross is underrated. Like that's one of the actually the things that if you're going to like a new area and you don't know what to where to play, like a good safe bet is just to pull up Donald Ross list of golf courses and find a public one in that area if you if you don't have a good recommendation. Okay. So I'd say under, I'd say Don Ross is underrated. Okay. Awesome. Overrated or underrated? Chicago area golf. Overrated. Overrated. Okay. Interesting. What, what we, well, we just get compared with like New York and Philly a lot, and and I I don't think we stack up to those two cities. We have a lot of really, really great golf. We have a lot of really really good golf courses, but only a couple really great ones. Interesting. Okay. No, got, got like it. like after 
Chicago Golf and Shore Acres, there's like a drop off. And then, you know, I think like when you look at like Philadelphia, you've got Pine Valley, Marion, Aronimic, uh, Gulf Mills, Philly Cricket, um, Philly Country Club. Like they have like more depth, like Rolling Green is like the 10th best course in Philly and probably would be one of our five or six best. Okay. Interesting. We have like, a, but I think we're, we're strong is from like 10 to 30. We're really strong, but we don't have like as much hot top end, you know, wow. Like if you include Monterey in San Francisco, like we can't compete. Hmm. Interesting. Like is a lot of the, the very good golf, uh, public or private out there? Like it, all, all, all private. Okay. All private. Gotcha. Okay. So unless, unless you're a club member and you got, uh, you know, some reciprocal stuff. It might be challenging to play a lot of the good golf if you uh, travel out to Chicago. Oh yeah. Okay. It's it's extremely private and difficult. Okay. To play. Gotcha. Really good. All right. Two more overrated or underrated, Andy, and then I let you go here, my man. Overrated or underrated? Par three courses. Um, I'm assuming it's a good one, right? Oh uh, yeah. Uh, I, actually, way in general, underrated. Okay. It's, it's, great place to play for a beginner i went i played this there's a place called mcmenamins edgewater yes, in up in portland in, man mcmenamins yeah. they got like 35 bars oh. in portland i didn't know they were in the golf industry oh it's, it's it's awesome they have a they have a they have a pub course they have a a 20 hole par three course and a 12 hole par three course so and uh, i went there with like for a buddy's bachelor party and a lot of a lot of my buddies don't play golf and uh from my college especially and uh and they uh it was like so much fun i mean for everybody beginners like guy one guy that's played one time in his whole life that's six five serbian like <laughs> trying to hit the ball i mean but it was it was like really hard i mean it was like 50 yard downhill shots that you'll never see with a green running away so like it was a, in a perfect place where you could play every hole with a putter oh that's awesome oh that's fantastic all right and andy the Apex here, the very last overrated or underrated before I let you get on with your day here. Overrated or underrated? The 2018 Tiger Woods experience. Oh man. <laughs> I'm so conflicted cuz I'm such a I'm such a Tiger fanboy. I'm like the I I can't answer this question with any kind of objectivity. So I, I have to put it to a professional to to to, to get my input on this. I think it's, uh, I'm a fanboy too, so I'm not the best, but I think it's underrated because he, it, it, assuming he stays healthy, like just having him healthy is such a good thing. It's, I mean, he's, he's had so many failed returns that I think like there's so much skepticism, but like if he competes in like, if he gets in contention in like two events this year, like my God, like thank God he's back. He, I mean, the, um, golf world in general needs more dynamic personalities. Like I, I don't think tiger is even necessarily that dynamic, but he causes conversation mm-hmm. and like stirs the pot. Um, so like that, it, he's underrated. Good. That, 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 that's the answer that I like to hear. Uh, awesome. All right. Well, Andy, thank you so, so much for, uh, for joining me. I know we ran a little long. I'm probably going to split this thing up into a couple of podcasts just to really give everybody a, a good dosage of, uh, the Friday. But before you go, is there anything going on on the Friday or with you that you want to plug or make people aware of? 
Oh, we'll have a, a video about Northwood up soon. Uh-huh. Very, very nice. So, that'll oh. be cool. People get to get to get to see what we're talking about. Oh, that's fantastic! And then also, just a little side note: this logo competition that's going on. How how, how is that uh, transpiring thus far? <laughs> I've been taken away from Logo Madness. Wait, what? You've been you've been taken off the project? <laughs> no, no, I've just been taken away <laughs> during this time. So. Okay. <laughs> so it's uh it's been it's been going good. It, it we'll see. It's it's going to be interesting to see who wins. The public, the mass public, isn't always who I would side with, but. Mm. It's, it's been fascinating to watch who wins. Uh, did you think people are voting more towards the better golf course or the better logo? Um, I think that's a problem. Mm. So, so I, I, I think people have trouble separating the logo from the golf course. Yeah, that could be a problem. All right. Well, other than that, uh, Andy, where can people find you and find your work if they want to follow what you're doing? Uh, the Friedegg.com. Um, I'm on Twitter, the underscore fried underscore egg. I'm on instagram which is fried egg golf and uh unfortunately that's one of the problems with making your name fried egg a common food is it's kind of hard <laughs> to get the real estate um yeah. and then uh yeah the podcast is on itunes or stitcher so wherever awesome. I'm, I'm everywhere so just google the fried egg and everything will pull up that's perfect man all right andy thank you again for your time and i really appreciate it if you're not already following the fried egg go do it Educate yourself. You'll find yourself enjoying watching golf and playing golf to be much more enjoyable with your expanded knowledge base that Andy so generously uh, shares with all of us. So, uh, Andy, thank you so much, man. Hey, of course, Kyle. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely, brother. Thank you again to Mr. Johnson. Uh, what a what an awesome dude. Uh, a really fun time I had talking to him. I hope you guys enjoyed these past two episodes. If you didn't hear part one. You can go back. All of our podcasts are available on iTunes as well as Stitcher uh, and probably a whole bunch of other places that I'm not totally sure of. I've, it's probably on Audio Boom, But I think for the most part, uh, everybody or the majority of people use iTunes. And if you are one of those people, I would be so appreciative if you could go listen and rate us on iTunes. It really, really does help. That is a great way that you can support the podcast. Uh, iTunes, five stars. Four stars, I guess, is okay. But, I mean, if you want to leave a five-star review, uh, that that would be fantastic. So, uh, also, today's podcast, as you already heard, was sponsored by Health IQ, a life insurance agency. For a free quote on your life insurance, go to healthiq.com forward slash golf guide or mention golf guide to a Health IQ agent if you're reaching them over the phone. And then, of course, golfguide.net a great place where you can save up to 70% on greens fees at golf courses, mostly around Northern California with a couple peppered in in Nevada, Southern California, and Oregon as well. All right, everybody, that does it for this week's episode. I'll be back next Wednesday with Darren Bunch of Golf Getaways. That is going to be a good one. We just recorded that one uh, only but a few hours ago, so I will have that for you next week. But until then... Enjoy yourselves, and we will talk soon. Mahalo. Mahalo.